Also, uh, keep Sonny in prayer. He's home uh, doing dialysis. Keep Greg Renfro in prayer. He's still doing dialysis. We're wanting that all to end. Linda Jenrin is coming back from Florida. She'd been down Key West. Uh, not doing real good. Uh, things have kind of slid back, so we need to keep her in prayer. Uh, let's just pray. Father, right now, uh, we've seen the manifestation of your healing on her body. Uh, I've personally just seen the change as we prayed for her. And I thank you, Lord, that the enemy is not going to steal this. That she's went to, went to Key West. She's done everything that you can think of. She's enjoyed the, the weather. She's enjoyed everything. Uh, thank you as she comes home. Even though they're saying that things aren't looking good, we are speaking life to her right now. She's not giving up. We're not giving up. And we thank you that it's already done. And we thank you that she's going to receive that and everything's going to go well. Thank you as her, as her son brings her back up here and gets her situated that she's going to have good care and things are going to get better each and every day of her life. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, Tom Tyndall, most everybody here knows Tom, uh, had a pretty bad heart attack yesterday. He's still on the ventilator. He's not responding. Uh, they had to hit him uh, once at home with the, what do you call that, Doc? Defibrillator. Defibrillator. And then they had hit him twice at the hospital to keep him going. So he's at St. Paul? DePaul Hospital. Where, I don't know, where's that located? Fairview Heights in that area? Not Fairview Heights, but South County? Anyway, he's in hospital. Uh, family's all up there. That's where Mike and Rosie and the whole crew's up there. So uh, keep him in prayer. They're going to run a test to see if his brain waves are still uh, working properly. So not good, but God's good. Father, we lift up Tom. Uh, Father, we know that uh, he's had some heart difficulties before, and we know that he's uh, been in and out with that situation. But, Father, this, is, this seems to be very crucial. And we just speak life to him right now that when they run this EEG on him that they find that uh, the brain waves are all working properly and he's not responding just because it's not time. And he's going to come out of this and he's going to be a miracle and he's going to give testimony of you, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Old Tom, he goes way back. Yeah, yeah. James. James, James, James. We're going to be in chapter 2, but I want to back up. And I'm doing this because the more we go over what James said, the more we're going to remember what James said, the more it's going to help us. We've all read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, but it becomes alive in different times in our lives. James chapter 1, he, he starts it off. It's just, to me, what a way to start a book. Count it all joy. He says, you're going to have tribulations, you're going to have problems, you're going to have heartaches, you're going to have situations and circumstances, but no matter what it is, that's like all the people I just prayed for, Brenda. She's got to count it all joy. Carl, what he went through, he's got to count it. We've got to count it all joy. Why? Because God guarantees, if his word's true, which I, I've, through my life I've watched him do it and I've just been amazed, Whatever you walk through, he says, I will make it for good. So we're in a place in our life where we're supposed to be, by faith, counting it all joy in everything we go through. And what's good about this, as, he talks, as James talks to us, is he shares that if you're going through something and you don't have the direction for it, you don't know how to, to resolve it, you don't know what to do to fix it, you're supposed to ask him for wisdom. And what's even better about it is, is you ask 
and I will give it to you. Now that's a guarantee. That's one of those, that's one of those, that's kind of like tithing. If you tithe, you're going to be blessed. He says that. If you don't have the revelation on tithing, you're not going to have the blessings that you could have. And he says the same thing in this. If you need wisdom, you ask. So no matter what we're going through, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know why this is coming down on me. I don't know why this is happening to me. But you've got to give me the answer to this. And he will. I mean, he gives you the, he gives you the wisdom. And then he goes on and he says, but when you get the wisdom, you can't doubt. Now, this is where it's difficult. We can ask, and we can hear his voice. We all do. And then we've got to be obedient. But then we can't doubt. Because if you doubt, you're like a wave in the sea. You're, you're not making any sense at all. And it, really, the Bible tells you in James, he says, you're unstable in all your ways. It didn't say part of your ways. It said all your ways. So we've got to come to the place that when we get the wisdom for what we're going through, we count it all joy because we know he's going to give us the wisdom. But then we have to be obedient to what he tells us to do. And then we can't doubt. We just have to trust that it's going to happen, and it does. Then we walk. Then he, then he walks through. If you're tempted, know that God didn't tempt you. God does not tempt you. Your temptations that you have and I have all come from our own desires. Yep. Say, oh, it does. Now, we're all tested in those temptations many times, and we're all tested, and God tests us to see where you're at and to, see, to show you where you're at. That's all part of the walk. Uh, the more testing we have, the, the more we grow. Then he comes back and he says, and by the way, don't walk up to the mirror and look at it and see your hair messed up and not fix it. Don't walk up to the Word, find the answer, and not change. He's, he's pretty tough through the whole book, James is. I mean, he, he, but he's just speaking the truth, and I love it. He's just speaking the truth and telling you, if you'll just do what this says, that's why I always have loved our, our, our website here, dotheword.com. If we just, and that's not out of works. Works for say that I have to do it for him to love me. I have to do it to be saved. It, it's be obedient to get the blessings. Be obedient to get, to, get, to get the candy. Be obedient for him to take care of you. Be obedient and he's going to do his part. It's a guarantee. But we have to be obedient. We have to come to that place of recognizing, if I see it in here, then this is how I should live. If I hear it in here and it lines up with the word, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And he always takes care of us. Then we fell into chapter 2. In chapter 2, he starts off right off the bat, don't discriminate. I mean, that's just bottom line what he says. He, he even gets so strong in it that he says, to discriminate is to sin. And he goes on down, and exactly what he's saying to you and I, stop judging people. Uh, this has been so heavy on my heart. Anytime you talk to anybody, if they don't have something good to say about what you're talking about, they're judging, or you're judging when you're talking. If you, if you are giving an opinion against somebody, about somebody, and it's not in line with the word, and if you're not speaking like it tells us in Ephesians 4.29, if you're not imparting grace, then you're judging and James says, what are you doing? He's talking to a church of thousands, church of Jerusalem. And you've got to remember, as, as we're talking about this, he's talking to a church 
full of Jewish people that got saved that used to have to live totally by the law. Where if you got caught in prostitution, they stoned you to death. Where Jesus said, don't sin no more. And he gave them grace. Well, that's what he's wanting us to do. And James is reminding them, listen, don't judge what people do because you're just as bad. And it even goes so far as you look into it. If you judge, which is scary, you will do the same thing. Now, that's crazy when you really get a handle on that. Because we're all guilty at times. Every one of us here. And if you, if you say you're not, I'm sorry. You, you're so prideful you don't even see it. We accidentally do, and sometimes we purposely judge people. But when you get the revelation that that thing that you're judging, you will do or are doing, that's tough. Because you're just talking to yourself. And the Bible plainly says that if you continue to judge, you will be that. It's, it's kind of like forgiveness. If you've got somebody in your past that you're not forgiving, what you're doing is you're judging. And the Bible plainly tells you that when you don't forgive, you become what you don't forgive. You're all getting really quiet. Well, you need to because this, this, is, this, is, this is pretty... If we can change this, we can change our life. I, I can't walk in unforgiveness. You can't walk in unforgiveness. You, have, you can't think about tomorrow I'm going to forgive. You have got to forgive right now because what you're doing is you're judging that individual where you don't really know the whole story. Uh, my favorite line anymore is I know in part. And I'll even catch myself judging somebody and then I'll say, no, wait a minute. I know in part. I don't really know how they're living. I don't, I don't live under their roof. I, I'm not inside of them. I don't know their mind. I don't know what they went through. I don't know how their childhood was. I, who am I to judge anybody in their actions or reactions when you, when you really understand that? Nobody knows what I went through as a child. You may have bits and pieces and heard bits and pieces, but you have no clue how dysfunctional my family was. And I'm not going to tell you, because so are yours. So we got to understand and get to the place where James was saying, listen, church, we're not under law anymore, so quit judging everybody for not doing like you do. You just take care of yourself and let God take care of them. Let me tell you what, the best thing to do is let God have your problem. I was talking to Neil a while ago, and I said, I've just backed off on this whole situation. I'm not going to share with you what it is. I said, I've just backed off on this because I can't fix it. If I try to fix it, it's going to cause more problems. He said, yeah. I said, so God's got to fix it because God's in control. Does he not? Is, that, is not this his church? Then can he not fix if there's any problems in the church? Sure he can. So we can't judge a person because they're doing like they're doing when we don't know why they're doing it. You may think you know why they're doing it, but you don't know. Listen, we don't know the whole stuff. We don't know it. So we've got to recognize he's being very to the point. Give grace. Give grace. You say, well, that was, you taught this two weeks ago. I know. Give grace. Come to the place in your life of recognizing that we can't discriminate. He gives examples as you walk through that chat, uh, first 14 verses. He gives examples of when somebody comes in all dressed up and somebody comes in not so nice. Who do you tend to go toward? Who do you tend to give favor to? We're all guilty of it. 
But we can't go there. We can't judge. We cannot judge. Well, it gets even more interesting, I think, from 14 on to 26. And I want to read... I want to read it. I want to read it out of the Passion Bible. And we'll start reading. We'll just see what it does here. Verse 14 in the Passion, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed or, and hungry and you leave them saying goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. That's what it says in the, the Passion. It's phony. Well, now, the argument that comes up in this, as we go on, as we read this, the argument comes up, is he coming against what Paul said? Paul said that we're saved by faith. Paul says, Paul says that it, it's all by grace. Paul says, well, wait a minute now, wait. If, if I have to work, does not it say that in here? It says faith, it says, if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it, how could this kind of faith save anyone? The faith he's talking about here, Paul was talking about salvation. Paul was talking about having the faith, the grace that you get to have faith to be saved. James is talking about bringing heaven down to earth. He's talking about what witness are you? What kind of witness are you if you have nothing, if you do nothing with what you've got? We'll go into to those things, but... If you're saved, you operate like a saved person. You walk your talk. You come to that place in your life where, where you, you recognize you lived wrong. You recognize this not going to take you. You recognize it was going to cause death and destruction. You recognize that if I just change and, and mirror myself into what the Word says I am, that life will change. But I have to follow the Word to prove my faith. If you're, if nobody hears this way, but if you're one that comes to church, you come in just as it starts and you sit down, and then you leave, and you don't serve anybody, you don't help anybody, you don't do anything in the terms of what Christians do, is that not walking phony? Is that not walking out of line of what God's saying? It goes on here, and it talks about this. It goes on, and it says, But someone might object and say, One person has faith, and another person has works. Go ahead then, prove to me that you have faith without works. And I will show you faith by my works as proof that I believe. You can believe all you want that there is one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this tr tr even the demons know this and tremble with fear before him. Yet they're unchanged. They remain demons. See, we as Christians, when we start operating in our faith, we step it out. Bottom line, we become obedient to what God 
is doing in our lives. We come obedient to the voice of God. We come obedient to the word of God. We, we become obedient to looking at ourselves and seeing I need to change. And people see that change. We become obedient when we walk through hard times. We count it all joy. We become obedient when we walk anything in our lives that's not going right. We handle it differently. What better a witness for somebody to come to you and say, how are you walking through what you're walking through? By the strength of God. That's called faith. That's called obedience to the word of God. That's called recognizing that he is the only one that's going to change you, and he's the only one that's going to change anybody. We can come in here and sit, and we can come in here all the time, but if you don't put the faith to work, nothing's changing. Nothing's changing at all. We're, we're going to be just exactly what we were. And you all know what I'm talking about. You can go to a, a class reunion. And if somebody's not saved and walking in their faith, they're the same person they were when 20 years ago, 40. They're just a little fatter. But they haven't changed. And, and what, this is what he's talking about. How can you see somebody in need and not try to help them the best you can and give them advice and pray for them and stand with them. Instead, just let them go. But that's not just in that category. That's in everything we go on, everything that we're supposed to be adjusting to. I go back to counting it all joy. Been on my mind ever since this morning when I heard Tom had a heart attack. I love Tom. I've known Tom for years. An awesome Christian man. And you go... So what do you do? You pray. Faith without works isn't somebody that doesn't pray. That's just another example. You just don't pray. Works, is, works, is, works doesn't get you to heaven. Works brings heaven down here. We are, the word truth, when you find it in the scripture in the New Testament, really the word is reality. It's not truth. So our place on this planet the reality is we're actually in heaven. And when you're doing the works of faith, you are in reality doing. We prayed for Brenda. That's the works of God. That's the works of heaven. His power of healing may touch her. She may wake up in the morning and have all new teeth. I guarantee you it could happen. John could wake up and go to take his eye out and it's new. It's repaired and stuck in there. We don't... But see, we haven't lived in that reality. Most of us haven't walked our faith. Don't throw anything. I'm guilty as you are. We got to recognize James is talking to me. James is talking to you. We as a whole aren't really walking in that reality of who we really are. We shouldn't even doubt that Brenda could get new teeth by tomorrow morning. The mess they made of her mouth she tried to show it to everybody, but I said, Brenda, quit. It's just <laughs> but it could just be healed. Yes. It could just be. God is, God is so good at fixing everything. But see, the church of Jerusalem was struggling so much that, I mean, think about people that had to, had to live under such law that it didn't, I mean, 
they they couldn't do this and they couldn't do that and they couldn't do this and they couldn't do that and they had to do this and they had to do that. When you get took out of that, just like kind of the movement now in the area of grace, so many people are fighting, they want to stay under law, stay under law, and James is saying, no, that's not the law we're talking about. We're talking about you have to work your faith. You have to be the Christian. You have to be obedient to be fruitful. You have to be obedient to be a witness. If you're at work and nobody ever knows you're a Christian, you're obviously not working your faith because they'll recognize your mouth is different. They'll recognize that you've got compassion. They'll recognize what's going on. They'll see that there's a difference in it. You know, in the Passion Bible, let me go there. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus said the same thing. Listen to this. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unstable, an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon the house, it stood firm because of its strong foundation. We have a strong foundation because we work our faith. When hard times come, we count it all joy. When, when difficulties come, we don't try to fix it. We ask God to give us the answer to fix it. More than once in the 30 years, 30 plus years I've been here, we tried to talk to somebody to fix the problem, and all the problem did was got worse. Where if I would have backed off and just said, okay, God, you got this. You, you've got to give us the grace. We possibly made a mistake. Can you fix this? Now, there's times you have to straighten things up. That's part of life. There's times you have to repent. That's part of life toward people. You have to say you're sorry. That's, toward, that's part of it. But, but many times, we think we can fix it. And we can't fix nothing. Amen. Now, if he tells you what to say, but if he don't give you, don't go. Leave it alone. Let God take care of it. Let him have it. Why? Because that's what he tells us to do. Paul, Paul teaches us grace. James is doing the same thing. He's just saying, listen, just be obedient. Basically, what he says in these last chapters is, be obedient. Abraham, he, he, I'm going to read it. Abraham was obedient. Could you imagine? There's a movie out now. I still haven't got to see it. Could you imagine? Knowing God's voice, I mean, knowing God's voice, and he says, take your son and go sacrifice him. Now, that's obedience. And it was counted to righteousness because of it. It's the same with our works every day of our life. We have a new conscience. We have a spirit of God inside of us. And James is saying, listen to your spirit. Don't look to the law. Listen to the spirit. And when he says do, do. Let me, let me just read, and then we'll, then we'll go back. He goes on and it says, I love this definition here, the first three words. He says, O feeble sons of Adam. And then down here in the, in the Aramaic, it, it actually says, O empty man. So I'm going to read it that way. O empty man, do you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? Wasn't our ancestor Abram found righteous before God because of his works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. Can't you see how his action co cooperated with his faith and by his action, faith found its full expression? 
So in this way, the scripture was fulfilled because Abram believed God. His faith was exchanged for God's righteousness. This was before Jesus. Because he was obedient, God seen him as righteous. We have been made righteous, so we don't have to work to get it. He just wants us to live a reality of heaven on earth and not be a complainer, a griper, a grumbler, just someone that stands in the word and knows the word's true and speaks the word and lives the word, not in an arrogant way, just lives the word and does what the word says and follows the word. It goes on. I want to read on with it. It says... So he became known as a lover of God. So now it's clear that a person is seen as righteous in God's eyes, not merely by faith alone, but by his works. And the same is true with the prostitute named Rahab, who was found righteous in God's eyes by her works. For she received the spies into her home and helped them escape from the city by another route. For just as a human body without the spirit is dead is a dead corpse, so faith without the expression of good works is dead. She was a prostitute. They stoned the prostitutes. And because she was obedient to God, it changed everything. Could you imagine how much more it would be in our lives? Jesus has already died for our sins. All we have to do is just relax every day, get up, love God, love people, and go to bed. But we have to be obedient to the things of God. We've got to walk in the things of God and recognize that he's got all of this. He's going to take care of all of this. He's got all of this. You know, in New King James, John 9, 4, it's, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Jesus said, I'm a servant, and while I've got time, I'm not just going to be a Christian sitting and do, I'm not going to be a Christian covered up with a, something over my head. I'm going to do the works of heaven while I'm here. That's what James is telling us to do. Be a Christian. Forgive people instantly. Don't even debate it. Don't even discuss it with anybody. Let it go immediately and just forgive. That's what Christians are supposed to do. Now, are we, can we? Not always. But we're working towards it. And that's what James is trying to tell us to do. Recognize that you can just work toward it. You know, what, what about Luke, Luke 51 and 52, 51 and 52, where Jesus had been, Jesus had been, got lost. Remember when he got lost in Jerusalem? And his mom and dad had to come back and find him. They, he wasn't lost. He wasn't lost at all. This scripture says that when he got home, he was obedient and grew in maturity, basically. We are the same way. The more we move in the real reality of who we are, the more God's going to use us and the more we're going to grow. The more we count it all joy in the things that we go through, the more he's going to show us that no matter what comes up, we can deal with it. I have went through things that some haven't. So I've, I've, I'm still alive, so I've obviously grown through them, and I've allowed God to work in my heart. I see things differently than some people do because they haven't, but now you've been through things that I haven't been through. 
That's why we can back clear up what are we doing judging anybody? God got them through what they went through. Who are we to judge how they should act or react? That's why when, when someone grieves the death of someone, you don't judge anybody on how they grieve. I got criticized for how I grieved Connie. Well, he acts like he, don't, he didn't even care. Oh, give me a break. Everybody, everybody, we're all different. Man, if your ears are different, why wouldn't you be different? So we've got to come to a place of recognizing if we learn to do what James is saying, if we learn to just start obeying and being, we'll, we'll see a total different person in our life. You know, for example, Galatians 5.22 tells us the fruit of the Spirit. Does it not? You want to hear what one work is? The works that James is talking about? Loving. If you walk your faith out, then you're going to walk in love towards everybody. Hmm. If you're going to walk your faith out, you're going to count it all joy. Because you're going to have joy. If you walk your faith out, you're going to choose to live in peace. Put on the armor that you've got and recognize that I can't fix this. Hey, everybody. You're not, if you get mad, you're not walking. Now, there's righteous anger. But I'm talking about if you get mad at your wife, you get mad at your husband, you get mad at your girlfriend, you get mad at your whoever, whoever, whoever. If you get mad, mad. <laughs> There's no, there's no works of faith in that. It's work sometimes to walk in peace. It's work to just let it go. Because we all want it our way. Everybody here, I'm sorry, you all want it your way. I want it my way. But sometimes our way never works. So to work our faith is to just let it go and let it happen. Patience. <laughs> How many is impatient? We've got it in this. So I'm going to work my faith by being patient. I can go through each one of these. You want me to? Kindness. You're supposed to always be kind. Well, why? Because that's how you work your faith. Goodness. Why wouldn't you want to be good to everybody? Why would you want to be mean? Why would you want to talk about somebody? Why would you want to cut somebody down? Why would you want to criticize? Why would you, why would you want to gossip? Why would you want to tell bad tales about somebody? Why would you want... Bob Kienstein has possibly got cancer. This morning, the first report I got was that he's serious. He's not going to make it. We talked to Pat his wife, and they still don't know for sure what's going on, but he, he is possibility of having. That little stretch can devastate somebody. That's not working your faith. Working your faith is keep Bob in prayer. He's going through some testing. Same with Carl. Many people had Carl dead. The old hombre's still here. He may be having some other conditions come up, but, but we all do. 
none of us are as healthy as we were yesterday. It's called getting old. It's called decaying. It's called, that's, it's called life. Until Jesus takes us out of here, that's just the way it is. But we can walk in, in better health if we start walking our faith out by speaking good things about ourselves. When we have a condition, we take care of ourselves. It's all part of walking in faith. It's all part of trusting. It, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Well, you don't have any self-control. Well, yeah, yeah, if you're walking out your faith, you do, because you're trusting God. Well, you, know, you know, there's more to it than that. Serving. Are you helping anybody? Uh, Neil was sitting right there just a while ago just saying how him and Monica love on Saturdays just to cook and then give it to people. That's working your faith. Some people like the hospitality, like to have people over. That's working your faith. Some people pray. That's working your faith. Some people tithe. That is working your faith. The lights don't just come on. He even says, get a clue. But that's working your faith. But I don't have it. I don't believe it. Well, if he told, if he told you to pray... Wouldn't you pray? If he told you to tithe, wouldn't you tithe? If he told you to be gentle, wouldn't you be gentle? If he told you to be patient, wouldn't you be patient? If he told you to forgive, wouldn't you forgive? A Christian that's walking their faith is trying to do. Now, we don't all do it. And I'm not judging anybody that don't do it. Because we, we don't, none all do it. But why not work in that facility to a place of, of recognizing you know, I need, James tells me, I need to work my faith. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm saved. I know it has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus. But because of all that, and he, he died for every, he died for my sickness and my disease. So why don't I walk this reality of who I really am? Look in the mirror. He tells us to. Look in the mirror. Open the book. Wow. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow, I can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. Wow, I can speak good things. Wow, don't gossip, it'll kill you. Oh, don't do that. Wow, I'll speak good things. Wow, Ephesians says to only impart grace when I speak. Wow, that's a miracle. If everybody in here only spoke grace to every situation, even your own, you'd see a changed life overnight. Every, every time you get an acre of pain, you speak to it properly. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. We'd probably all feel better. Doc would be out of a job. He says, I'm ready anyway. Go ahead. But it's the truth. He's just telling us, walk, forgive, serve. Be a part of what the community of Christ is doing. Be a part of the body of Christ. Trinity sitting back here. Gifted beyond gifted. What's she doing with it? She said, Neil, this is my work schedule. I can be here all these days, whatever you need me. That's giving. That's serving. That's working your faith. Nobody in here is gifted as she is in the area of instruments. That gal can play anything up here. I can't play anything up there. But we're all gifted differently. So what we need to be doing is taking our gifting 
and imparting it in people. I don't care if, if, if you make good french fries. Neil will eat them. But, I mean, follow what I'm saying. We've all been gifted in areas, but we're all, we're, in reality, we all can do anything this word says, according to the Bible. We've got to come to a place of recognizing we have the answer, it's there. Let me read this one scripture, and then we're going to close. Yeah, we're going to close. 1 Thessalonians, oh my, where is it at? Oh, right there, I got it marked. 1 Thessalonians 2, 3, listen to this in the, in the Passion Bible. We are grateful to God for our lives, and we always pray for you, for we remember before our God and Father how you put your faith into practice, how, you love, how your love motivates you to serve others, and how unrelenting is your hope-filled patience in our love for Christ. How your love motivates you to serve others. Working your faith is serving people in the reality of who you really are. It'll change people's lives if we just put things to motion and watch God work. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to recognize that all we have to do is just get up in the morning, love you, listen to your instructions, and then throughout the day as you speak to us, just obey and work our faith and do what you tell us to do. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Call you blessed. Keep Tom in prayer. Keep everybody in prayer that comes.